and cannot go because the Otherwise, I'll be in the back. Um, it is good to see you. Welcome to New Community. If, you, if it's your first time this morning, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, we're glad that you are here, and we would love to connect with you. In fact, after the service, um, we have a, a welcome table in the back. Uh, we'd love to meet you. We actually have sitting on, on a chair probably close to where you're at or the chair you're sitting on is a connect card. Uh, if, if it's your first time today, if you're visiting with us, would you take a minute and fill that card out? It just gives us a way to, to follow up with you and connect with you, um, and we'd, we'd love to do that. There's a lot of things happening here at New Community, and uh, this is the place to find out what is going on. This is our, our bulletin. You should have got one when you came in. If you don't have one, uh, you can grab one back on the welcome table. Look at the calendar, what's coming up this week. Ladies, we do have the Essential Conference that's coming up, so make sure to sign up for that. Um, also inside of this, or inside really, it's only two sides, so there's no inside, but uh, we have our, our Solid Life reading plan. Uh, as a church, we do a, a Bible reading plan that takes us through the Bible in a year, and, and it just gives us an opportunity to press into the things that God has for us in His Word. Um, and if so, if you don't have one of the, the journals, you can buy one of the journals with the reading plan in, in the back at the welcome table, or you can just use this reading plan. It's also available on our website, uh, and just spend time with the Lord in His Word and allow Him to uh, feed you in that way. I want to invite the ushers to come forward. We're going to pray for our tithes and offerings this morning. Um, you might not know this, but as a church, we actually tithe to our Foursquare denomination, to our Foursquare family. Uh, we're, we are a Foursquare church. We're a part of a, a movement of churches, uh, both here in the U.S. and around the world. About 1,700 churches, Foursquare churches in the United States, and over 60,000 Foursquare churches around the world. And God is doing amazing work. And so we give in two ways, in the same way that you would tithe uh, to the Lord by writing a tithe check uh, here at New Community. We tithe as a church to the Foursquare denomination. Um, and, and the giving that we give facilitates uh, the work that's happening. Our international headquarters right downtown L.A., so just down the street from us here. Um, and, and our finances help support that work. We also give to missions. And uh, there, we have four square missionaries all around the world. And our missions giving, this is, this is pretty cool actually. Four square is the only denomination that does this, that I know of at least. A hundred percent of the money that is given by the local church to four square missions goes to, field, to the field. It is not used for administrative costs. So every dollar you give to missions gets to... Uh, it goes to Nigeria, it goes to Thailand, it goes to Cambodia, it goes to the places where there's need and supports the work. And so your dollars helping to change lives around the world. And so what I did this morning is I asked Deb to give me our check. This is our tithe check and our missions giving uh, for this month. And we're going to pray over our tithes and offering. But I, I'd love for us, we're going to get, you're going to see me do this every month. We're going to pray over the, this giving and ask God to use it to expand his kingdom. Amen? Father God, we thank you that you bless us abundantly. Lord, that we lack nothing because you are a good God. That you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And so, Lord, we receive tithes and offerings this morning. We give our gifts out of the bounty, Lord, that you've blessed us with. 
Lord, really, it's, it all belongs to you anyway, and so we're, we're giving back to you what, what is already yours. Lord, I pray for these checks that we send to our Foursquare family. Lord, I ask right now that these dollars, Lord, would go to furthering the work of the kingdom. God, that the, the missions giving, Lord, would go to the places where there is need, where there is, uh, Lord, that, that we would support the work that's taking place and that there would be breakthrough, Lord, that your, your gospel would be preached and that lives would be transformed for eternity. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come and receive your tithes and offerings. Well, it's good to be here today. I, I, I was just telling Brian who, what pastor in his right mind schedules a vision Sunday for the same day that the time changes. <laughs> this guy does, primarily because I didn't even realize it was the time change. And thank God for Facebook, right? <laughs> like if, if Facebook... now. I would never have known. I, what has really saved me as well is that my phone adjusts automatically uh, at, at night. So I didn't have to, I was so grateful. I didn't have to stay up till 2 o'clock to change my clock, my, my, my clock last night, right? Anyone ever do that? You have to wait till 2? Well, it's Vision Sunday. I'm excited. I'm excited for this day. I'm, I'm excited for what God is doing in our church. I'm, ex- I'm just excited. Um, we're, we're, we're loving being here. I can't say it enough. Um, Megan and I and our kids love being a part of this church family. And, and the more we get to spend time with each of you, the more we're hearing the stories of what God has done and the things that God is doing, um, there's a bright future. There's a bright future for this church. Why, why vision? Why should we even talk about vision? Why is that even important? I want to do a couple of things this morning. I'm going to get to a portion of the service where I'm going to cast some vision for this next year. And I need you to know that what I share today is not comprehensive, partly because I've been here for two months, right? And so we're, we're kind of getting, getting, wading into the waters as it were. And so there's things that God will continue to speak but I do feel for at least this next year, there's some very clear things that God's put in my heart, um, and he's confirmed uh, in our staff as we've met with our pastors, as we've been praying with them, with our church council, as we're having conversations there, that the leadership of this church is pressing into the things that God has. So I want to talk about that in just a second. But as I talk about vision, I want you to, to kind of put this lens on. I don't want you to just think about the vision of the church. I want you to start thinking about what's the vision for my life. See, because a lot of the ways, the, the, the ways that we kind of unpack what vision is for a church are things that can be applied to our personal walk with Jesus. And so a lot of people in the years that I've pastored, I've met a lot of people who just are, are not, they don't have a clear sense of where they're going with Jesus. And you'll say, well, where do you see, what do you think God's calling you to? Well, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I just, I guess I just want to be a better person. Well, that's good, but that applies to all of us, right? I, right? Anyone just want to be a better person? Come on. All right. Like three of you. I'm all concerned this morning. You guys, I know you lost an hour of sleep. All right. We, we can do jumping jacks or something. Um, we, we, we want to be better people. Of course we do. But vision takes it to another level where there's some clarity about the direction that I'm going. I heard this phrase said once, it said, if you're aiming at nothing, you're sure to hit it. 
right? If you're aiming at nothing, you're, you're guaranteed you're going to hit it. But vision gives us something to aim for, to move towards with intentionality. And so that's not just a church conversation. That's, that's a walking with Jesus, personal relationship with Jesus conversation. So as I talk a little bit about vision this morning, I want you to keep thinking about what is God speaking to me? Last week we talked about, we finished up the Kingdom Way series. And I was talking about the body of Christ, how we aren't volunteers, that we're members, right? I, said, I made that statement. In fact, I heard that some of you were talking about that this week. That in our church, we really don't have volunteers. We have members because we're a part of a body. Like my leg doesn't volunteer to be a part of my body. I'm glad it's there. It'd be a bummer if it wasn't. And so we are members of this body, which means that God has is, is intentionally placed us, which means that there is a vision for your life that both coincides with New Community Church and is also bigger than New Community Church. Amen? I mean, that's what I want. One of the things that I love about this church is the history. And I want to start our vision conversation by looking backwards. Because it's important to see what God has done. This church is 20 years old this last year. 20 years of fruitful ministry. I want to tell you, some of my good friends in ministry served at this church and were sent from this place. You guys know John Burgess? How many know John Burgess? So John, John is a good friend of mine and got to hang out with him at convention this last year. Him and his wife are now pastoring a church in Kona, Hawaii. Rough, just tough. <laughs> Um, but, but he was a part of this church. Chris Manginelli, a good friend of mine, pastoring up in Washington, that this church has been a sending church, that our, our, our very own David Turner, right? David and Michelle being sent. The reason that I'm here is because David has been sent and called to go, go to St. Louis. Pastor Dave Metzger up in Canby, Oregon, that this has been a church that raises people up and sends them. Why? Because we recognize that there's a vision on people's lives that is bigger than just this church. And so, as a pastor, my desire is that we engage in a conversation that isn't just about, well, what can you do for us? I want to say, what can you do for the kingdom? What's God calling you to in the kingdom? Which very well means that you might come to me and say, Pastor Barry, I don't think I'm supposed to be here anymore. I think pastors and churches and teams and staff spend so much time, they, they use this term, we've got to close the back door so people don't get out. That's scary, right? <laughs> Come on, it freak you out a little bit? I walk in somewhere and they close all the doors? No way. That's not what we're called to be. We are called to be ascending church. We'll talk about Matthew 28 in a minute. Jesus said, go. Now, I'm not encouraging you to leave now, Okay. <laughs> But, but I would rather have people coming to me and saying, Pastor Barry, I have, a, I have this on my heart to do. Can you help me? Can we have a conversation about what it looks like for this church to, to send me, to train me up, to raise me up, to go and do that work? Man, that, that would give so much joy to my heart. I will, I will ask this, though. If God starts moving in your heart, don't just disappear. Don't just Don't just vanish. Allow us as a church to bless you. This is such a weird conversation to have on a vision Sunday, right? But this is the kingdom. 
This is the way that God works. He's ascending God. If God is calling you out, allow us to have the opportunity to partner with you, bless you, and send you. Amen? All right. This church has a rich history. So many lives transformed. Got to connect with someone, some of you one-on-one, getting to hear stories. And I love that some of the stories I'm hearing are this. I didn't know Jesus. But then someone at New Community Church invited me to come. And I met the Lord. And my life has never been the same. The Bible says there's a party in heaven every time someone who's lost is found gives their life to Jesus. I love that that is the testimony of this church. I love that God has been faithful. Can we do this this morning? Can we just offer a clap offering to the Lord to say thank you for what he's done? Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are so good. Thank you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. In fact, Lord, we pray for all of those who have been sent out of this place. Chris and John, Pastor Dave and Pastor Dave, and Lord, the countless others. Lord, there's so many. And Lord, I pray even right now a blessing upon them wherever they are as they minister uh, your gospel, Father God. I pray for those that have been a part of new community, Lord, who've maybe lost their way. God, I pray that you would return them uh, into the sheepfold, Lord. If it's this church, we pray for them to come and be welcomed, Lord. If it's another church, we pray that, Lord, you would, you would lead them that way. But God, we give you praise for what you've done in this church, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you. I've, like I said, I've only known you all for just a short amount of time. Um, I was sharing with the council on, on Thursday night with a council meeting. I was telling them I've never in- encountered a church like this in my life, and I grew up in church. I've never encountered a church that uh, there's so much depth and so much commitment to the things of the Lord. Um, I've never encountered a church where I've come in as, as the new person. We've come to new churches before, but usually we know a bunch of people. And we came and arrived here at New Community with the only existing relationship knowing Tom and Deb. And Deb's awesome. No, I, <laughs> and Tom is awesome too. And, and, it was, and there was comfort in that. We're like, oh, Tom and Deb are there. That's great. But I, we were nervous. We're like, okay, what's this going to be like? And from the, from the very first moment, you have embraced us and welcomed us. And, and, the, and it wasn't, for me, that's not just for our family. God showed me through our experience what kind of church we are. I thought, Lord, this is awesome. This is the kind of church I want to pastor. This is the kind of church I want to lead because we're going places. Thank you for serving faithfully. Thank you for giving faithfully. Thank you for committing above and beyond. Thank you for spending 17 years setting up and tearing down in an elementary school. When I share with friends of mine, they're like, so tell me about the church. I'm like, we've been in a school for 17 years. And they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I love at the end of service on a Sunday morning and everyone just jumps in. I see visitors, first-time visitors, hanging up chairs because it's a part of who we are. It's not real easy to just sneak out the back door here. Thank you for loving each other well. Thank you for serving each other. 
being a blessing to one another. I've heard stories of reconciliation and forgiveness in this church that have blown my mind. So, so often it's easier just to leave than to hang in there and press through the hard conversations. Amen? So thank you, thank you, thank you. When I was nine years old, I, uh, I got my first car. Now, let me, I, and you're like, what? I was nine years old. My cousin and I, uh, my, my, my dad, my uncle, my grandparents owned it. We, we grew up in, Af- I grew up in Africa. And we owned a trucking business there. And so we had a big, we called it the yard. It was like a, a, the place where they, and mechanics and the trucks parked and everything. And so um, nine years old, we went to work uh, with our dads and my grandfather called us in his office and he said, hey, uh, I have something for you. Um, and we were excited, and he gave us each a red toolbox full of tools. Well, I'm, I, I've been around tools my whole life. I was like, yeah, I can still picture that toolbox, all the drawers in it. I was like, this is awesome. Well, the toolbox came with a car, an old mini army surplus that didn't run, didn't work. There was, it didn't even have a key. Um, and brought it in on a truck, pushed it into a, a little stall, and, and there it sat. And, and this is what he said. He said, listen, this is your car, and you can drive it, but you have to get it running. And so I spent the better part of the next year, every Saturday, I would go to work with my dad. And every Saturday, he would say, okay, today, you're going to work on this. And then he would go, to, he would go work. And I'm banging my knuckles and scraping and, you know, tearing up my, my fingers trying to figure out how to use the wrenches and, and do the things he's asking me to do. But about a year after I got that car, uh, we had keys made. And we fired it up for the first time. And then I proceeded to drive that car around that, that yard over and over and over and again. <laughs> and uh, drove everyone absolutely crazy. But here I was, I was 10 years old, I had my own car, and there was something about that moment, that day, where I was given a car and a toolbox. There was vision. That idea, there is something here that you're getting that really no one else has. Like, none of my friends, my friends are like, oh, I got this car, and I'm like, <laughs> it's pretty neat. And if they'd come out with me and we'd you know, drive around, it was, it was great fun. But there was something about that moment, about a future blessing that I could see. I could sit in the car, and I did a lot, pretending. But I tell you what, if it all I ever did was sit in the driver's seat pretending to drive, and I never actually turned wrenches, I would never had the opportunity to drive the car. And so there was work involved in, in getting, right, getting to the end of the vision, getting to the blessing and to the promise that was there. Why do we talk about vision? Why is it important for us to have this conversation? It's because it sets something in front of us that isn't there yet. And it should just light a fire in us to want to get there. As a church and as individuals, we need something to aim for. We need something that we're moving towards. And here's the awesome thing is we don't have to make something up. God says, I've put my desires in you. In fact, this whole conversation about aligning ourselves, even going back to the series on more than a story, that our story begins with God. 
So everything we are and everything we have and everything we think and every passion of our hearts is there because he's put it there to bring glory and honor to him. And so finding out, Lord, how do I now take the things you've put in me and, and, and marry it with the things that are going on around me in the world and the opportunities are there. What direction do you want me to go? We, we got to sign our son up for college on Friday. We went to Life Pacific College for the preview day. He's filled out his college application and it's weird. It's just weird to be in that stage of life. But I'm sitting on this campus, and Megan and I love connecting. There's a bunch of you life students here this morning. Love asking life students, like, so where do you see yourself going? Well, I'm, uh, no, they, they know. There was a young man that shared on Friday. He's like, I'm starting a coffee shop in the city of Portland, and we're going to use coffee to preach the gospel. And, and, we're, and, and he's not waiting. He's actually going to start selling tea. He's importing tea from India and selling tea out of his dorm room. He knows where he's going. And I tell you what, it's compelling. I'm like, man, I just arrived in Glendora. Otherwise, I'd be moving to Portland with you because I love good coffee. <laughs> and not the rain so much. I'm not going anywhere. Vision sets a course for us. It sets us going in a direction. Here's something for us to look at. We're a four-square church, and, and one of the tenets, one of the, the, the components of that is that we serve Jesus, a soon-and-coming king. Jesus himself said, no man knows the hour. None of us know. And we like to talk about end times. The reality is we don't know. But here's what I do know, that we're a day closer to his return today than we were yesterday. And tomorrow will be even another day closer, which means that there needs to be an urgency about our lives and our ministry, and the way that we live. The future vision of Jesus cracking the sky, coming down, every knee bowing down, every tongue confessing. It says that, the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, the whole world will know instantly. And I don't think he's going to use Facebook. That the whole world will know. That's awesome. That's something to look forward to. But between now and then, you know what God's done? He's given us a toolbox and he said, we need to get to work. Matthew 28, go. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, therefore, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples and teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you. That was Jesus' commission to us that was our toolbox. And then he continues, he gives us the church, his community, where we get to grow and sharpen our, our skills and our abilities so that we're more effective in reaching the lost and bringing in the harvest. Vision helps us to know what we should be doing. It also helps us to know what we shouldn't be doing. I think every one of us, there's parts of our lives that we would say, yeah, there's things that are going on in my life or things that I'm doing right now that, you know, probably shouldn't be there. And I'm not talking about the sinful stuff, okay? That's a given. Like if you're living in sin, yeah, no, that's not what God has for you. I'm just talking about the benign things, the things that become a distraction. And Jesus talks about this, the, the, the seeds being sown Amongst the thorns, right? The thorns spring up and they choke out the word of God. 
that God is speaking life, but there's things in our lives that will, will rob us of the word of God. And we have to, Bible says, walk circumspectly. We have to walk with our eyes open so that we can rid ourselves of those distractions and go hard after the things that God has for us. So vision helps us to know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Vision helps us to stay focused when we get discouraged. We've all been there. We've all had those moments where I, I know I'm moving in the right direction, but man, this is getting really hard. And I don't think if I, I can keep going. Vision, something to look forward to. Hebrews says that we have this hope, the hope of Jesus Christ and his return as an anchor for our soul. It's the name of our youth group, Anchored Youth. Why? Because there's something you can hold on to in the midst of the storm, right? And go, you know what? This is rough, but I know where I'm going. I know what I'm headed for, and it's good. And so we keep pressing forward. So how? How do you figure out what the vision is for your life? How do I, as a pastor, hear the voice of the Lord and go, this is the course that God has us on? There's a lot of conversations involved. There's a lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. And then we have more conversations and go back to prayer. And we look at numbers, and we look at history, and we look at lives, and we look at effectiveness, all of the stuff. There's a lot of things that go on. But really, at the end of it, what we have to do, both as a church and as individuals, we have to hear the voice of God. I came across this little diagram a few years ago. In fact, a friend of mine had, had drawn it or pointed it out somewhere, and I just discovered in the last week, actually, who came up with the idea. If we can get that up on the screen here. It, it's these three overlapping circles. Venn diagram, anyone? Is that like taking you way back? Some of... That this top circle up here is God. And it is God that gives vision. He is the one who imparts his word. And his word is life. His word is truth. And his word gives us direction, right? God also gives leadership. The fact that, that in this season... Pastor Dave Turner was called to plant a church in St. Louis, and God knew that he had Megan and I ready to step in. We didn't know we were ready, but God knew. And so the call came, and so I find myself in this place going, I'm leading a congregation that's brand new to me, and, and, and we're brand new to you. And it'd be very easy in this place to start going, well, what do the people want all we have to do is go back and read Exodus, which we've been reading in our journal reading, right? When, when, when the people, when they started listening and saying, well, what does the people want? There were golden calves and all kinds of things. Not saying that that's where you're going. But the more important thing is Moses is on the mountain in the presence of God, and it's in that place that the word is given, right? That when we're in the presence of God and that he brings leadership to the church, he just does. It's a part of Ephesians 4 that he's given those five functions to the church. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. But you notice that the leadership doesn't supersede God. We're under the authority of God. And that's where our leadership, our pastors, our council are pressing and saying, God, what are you saying to us? Down on the left here, we have the church. 
The church is not a building. Notice it doesn't say building there at all, but it says people. The church is us. It's you, right? Members of this body connected to each other. And each person, the Bible says, has gifts. Again, Ephesians 4. Everyone has gifts that are unique. Well, when we bring all of these gifts, when I look at you, the people that make up New Community Church, you are unlike any other church in the entire world. I can say that confidently. Because we are each different. But when we bring our uniqueness together, something amazing happens. So this church is a unique expression of God's kingdom here on earth. And remember, we're a covenant community that's supposed to love people with the agape love of God, right? And then finally, community. Jesus said, go. So that means out there are people that need to hear. Well, our community is Glendora because we are Glendora Foursquare Church. New community uh, Foursquare Church here in Glendora. That's who we are. And that in this community are opportunities and needs. Opportunities and needs. And, and I want to I clarify this. Sometimes needs are more prevalent. We can see needs easier. Sometimes opportunities can be a little more elusive. And so we have to look and say, okay, Lord, what are the opportunities? We pop up the next slide. This, this area right in the middle here where it's yellow, where these three things overlap, where God is speaking, where the gifts of the people come together, and where the needs of the community, where those three things overlap, that's where we need to focus our attention as a church. Because we can't do everything. We'd like to, but we can't. Will Mancini wrote a book called Church Unique. It's he, he's the one who developed this, this diagram. He calls that middle area your kingdom concept. What about the kingdom of God is unique to new community church? So here's what I've been doing as I've prayed about vision for our church. I keep coming back to this, saying, God, what are you saying? What are the gifts that I'm seeing in the midst of our church? And what are the opportunities and needs that exist in the city of Glendora? Does that make sense? Is this helpful for you? Now, you can apply this to your life. Take out church and just say family. What's my family? You can just be yourself. Lord, where do you have me? And so it becomes a matrix or a lens that we can use to say, okay, how do we now make decisions about how we move forward? Again, this is, this is for you. It gives you some tools that maybe will help you in your walk with the Lord in hammering some, some of this. This has helped me tremendously in just understanding and in hearing the voice of the Lord. So here we go, 2015. And I have to be concise because we've got 15 minutes, so... It's okay, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna talk too much. I actually wanna, I wanna keep this nice and, nice and brief. As I started praying for this church, for you, um, there's been several words that have been given and several things that have been prevalent in the, in the word of God that have, have kind of surfaced. Um, but there's one word that keeps coming back. Keeps coming back keeps coming back and it's the word preparation i believe that god is calling us as a church in 2015 to a year of preparation 
I'm going to be honest. When I hear the word preparation, I'm like, I don't want to prepare. I want to do. Like, I want to I get to the work. But the reality is, whether you're baking bread or fixing a car or building a website, that there's preparation that goes into getting ready to do something well. Right? There's preparation involved in, in getting ready to jump in and doing something that will last, that will have a good return. When I say the word preparation, the, the picture I have is this. It's a runner, a sprinter, getting set in the blocks. Any sprinters in the house? Anyone? Run right on. Yes. So you know that by the time you get your feet in the blocks, your, sh- your shoes are on and they're laced, right? You have the right gear on. You've taken your sweatpants off. You don't get out onto the track and then realize, oh, wait, I've got to go back. It's too late at that point because the race is on and then it's done. So the preparation season we're in isn't kind of figuring out kind of who we are. We're a church that's moving. We have a history and we have gifted, deep, mature people. And so the preparation I see for us as a church is this. Let's get set in the blocks with our eyes fixed on the goal line, ready to hear the gun sound so we can run. It's that kind of preparation. Is this resonating? So that we can run. I've heard this over and over as I've had conversations with Pastor Dave Turner himself. Man, God's, God's bringing something. There's something, like just, there's something bubbling, right? There's just something about to, to happen. I was like, oh, that's good. And then I talked to some of you and you're saying the same things. There's words that have been given. Man, we are not a church that's kind of figuring out what we're about. We're a church that needs to be in the starting blocks, ready to run. But remember I said that vision does two things. It tells us what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing, right? You think about the lines on a race course. What happens if that runner steps into the next lane? Disqualified, you're done. And so vision helps us to hem in and say, let's be very intentional about what we're doing. Habakkuk wrote this as the Lord shared it with him in Habakkuk 2. Write down the revelation or the vision and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits for an appointed time. It's, it's out there. The vision is out there. It's not now. It's, it's there. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Let me just tell you, if anyone is wondering if Jesus might be coming back, that's the, he is coming back. It's going to happen. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. There's that urgency. But here's the part that I love. Write down the vision and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may do what? Run. Why do we talk about vision as a church? Why do I as a pastor go, Lord, what are you speaking to our church? What is it that, what's the direction? So I can say to you, church, here's where we're going. Let's run. You ever played a game where you didn't know the rules? Or a game where the rules changed along the way? Oh, frustrating, right? You have that kid. I remember our kids came home from an event, a a, a J-12 event at our old church, and they were playing a board game, and there was a kid who kept changing the rules so that he could win. And my kids are pretty chill. They're pretty relaxed. They don't get 
like flustered easily. And both Gavin and Grace were like, they're just the look on their face of utter sheer frustration. Can't run if it's not clear. So we have to make it plain. Have to make it plain. So how do we prepare? What do we need to prepare? There's three things. First is this, we have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves. Our hearts, our minds, and our hands. We have to prepare our hearts. Psalm 119, verse 10 through 11 says this, David writing here, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I mentioned the Solid Life Journal. The word of God has to be in you. And here's the deal. You're not going to get enough on Sunday morning. There's no way I would ever be able to give you enough of the word to keep you in the lane. That we have to be a self-feeding church. That we have to be in the word. This is a tool. It's just a tool. This is not law. This is not like, you better be... This is just a tool. This is a way that we, as a church, can say, hey, let's encourage each other in this. Let's be in the word. We have to prepare our hearts because it's the first place that God is going to stir. It's the first place that he's going to touch. And so we need to make, our, make sure our hearts are in a place that we're ready to hear and receive. I want to encourage you, actually, with your life journal, your solid life journal, um, we, we have like no pages. I, I believe we have some. We might have run out. But I want to encourage you to do this. If you're like me, if I take notes on like just loose pieces of paper, they end up crumpled in the bottom of my backpack, right? Or they, get, they just get tossed. I want to encourage you this next year, get in the habit of bringing your journal to church and take notes in your journal. Um, in fact, there's, there's a way to... On, on each page, it, it'll tell you, is this, is this a journal entry? Or is it, a, you can kind of fill in the, block, the, the, the box so you can just kind of flip through and, and find your notes. But get in the habit of writing those notes so that when God's touching your heart and you're like, you know, I remember there was a message at church about that. I can go back and find what God was speaking to me and have access to it quickly. Second thing is this, your mind that, that God wants to transform your thinking. Romans 12 talks about this. That we need to be renewed. Our minds need to be renewed and transformed. Because every one of us have wrong thinking that, that gets in there. Wrong thinking about who we are, right? You ever had a day where God says something to you and you're like, God, I know, yes, I'm, I'm on. And the next day, a thought creeps in that goes, who are you to think that God could use you that way? And what happens? Oh, yeah, that's true, huh? And God's like, whoa, I don't change, I don't make mistakes. If I said it, I meant it. Wrong thinking. And we, we would even go, well, the enemy, no, he does mess with us, but quite often, it's just that our thinking needs to be transformed. And so our minds need to be prepared so that when God moves on our hearts, our minds are ready to engage. And then our hands, the third component, our hands need to be ready to work. The Bible says that our hands are trained for battle. Jesus talks about the farmer in the field, anyone who sets his hand to the plow, right? Right? 
that there's toil, there's labor. God has given you a toolbox, not a pillow. And he's saying, I've got something for you to do. Get better. Improve your skills. It says of David in the Psalms that he, he, he grew in integrity of heart and skillfulness of, of hand as he led the people of Israel. He got better at what he did. And we as a church want to engage with you and equip you. But again, there's not enough hours in the week and enough weeks in the year for us to do all that God wants to do in equipping you. And so we have to be a motivated, self-starting church. It says, you know what? I feel like God's leading me in this direction. I need to learn more. I need to engage so that I am growing. Second thing is this, preparing our church. Preparing our church. In John 14, 3, Jesus says that he's preparing a place for us. That as a church, we need to be preparing a place that not only takes care of the people that are already here, but are ready to take care of the people that are coming. Amen? And we agree that there are people that are coming to our church who are not here yet, who don't even know Jesus yet. Easter is just a few weeks away, and we're praying that there would be a harvest for the kingdom of people who don't know Jesus that come to this place. But church, we need to be ready to receive them, not just on Easter Sunday. Right? I mean, who loves fishing? Any fishermen in here? Who loves cleaning fish? One. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I love the, the cleaning. Oh, there's a story I could tell. I don't have enough time. I've used up my time equity. Okay. We're working with our pastors and leadership to chart a course for this next season that helps to answer that question. How can we be better equipped and, and, and that's not to say that we haven't done, but we're growing from glory to glory, and we have to get better, right? Because our church right now is about 100 people. If we add more people, we have to get better at taking care of those people. Amen? And so we have to set about that work. So our leadership, we're looking at what do we need to adjust? What do we need to tweak and fix here and there so that we're ready to receive people well? We need to have more conversations about discipleship and equipping. How is that going to happen? This next year, this transformation series is going to be a really important part of that. We're going to have more conversations about life groups and how life groups will partner with this, this series that, that come over these next few months. Some of you might be wondering, well, what about OSL? I started OSL, and I, what about that? OSL is not, has not gone anywhere. It's still there, but what we're doing in this season is kind of g getting on the same page. And so if you've done level one and you're like, I can't wait for level two, there will be an opportunity down the road, and we will re-engage with OSL. And so I, I love OSL. Some of our dearest friends that we actually knew when they first met the Lord are serving in ministry now, and, and OSL was the thing that brought about that change, that, that caused that. I love OSL. But I think there's some things as a church that we need to do to get us ready even to, to do OSL even better. And so that's coming. But life groups will be a big part of that. Our next gen, next gen is this, and it's a term you'll hear a lot. Next gen is a four-square term. We use it to, to, when we talk about infants through college, infants through young adults. That if someone 
has a baby in our church. Well, not, hopefully not in the church, but they're part of our church and have a baby, right? You guys are all tracking. From, from birth to college, we have a potential of around 20-something, 20 22 years to shape a heart and mind for the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, church, that is a huge responsibility. We are sitting in an elementary school. Jesus love kid, loves kids. In fact, he said, if you want to inherit my kingdom, you've got to be like them. And so next gen, I, I love that as a church, we already love our kids well. That our teachers, every one of you that serve, in fact, if you serve in J-12, in the nursery, with any of our kids, with our youth at all, would you just raise a hand? Nice and high. Now, come on, be proud. Can we give these a hand? Can we just say thank you to them? You are making an internal investment in the lives of young people. I've loved being a youth pastor because years later I get to hear the stories of what God has done. They'll come to me and say, Facebook has been great for this too. They'll go, I remember when you said this. And I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. I was in seventh grade and you said this and it changed my life. It's huge. Thank you to every one of you that's serving. But I tell you what, church, we need more people. No more, not more volunteers. And this is not the age-old, oh, we need more people for children. No, church, we, be, we need to be a church that's so fired up about the next generation that we're jumping out of our seats to serve. Amen? We need to, we need to over, in fact, she's not in here, so we need to overwhelm Deb. And be like, you know what? Where can I help? Where can I jump in? Maybe it's not teaching. Maybe you just, in a class where you're, you're helping. Maybe it's with setup. But we want to do take some steps with NextGen, with our children, with our youth. I have two. In fact, pretty soon here, I'll have three. We'll have three, right? And, and, and there, we have a church full of youth. We need to be ready to minister to those youth and to the ones that are coming. And so I'm talking to our youth leaders saying, okay, what do we need to do next? If you have a heart for youth, come talk to me. We want to get you serving. And this whole deal, well, I'm too old. No, you're not. You know how many of our young people today don't have any mature Christian voices speaking into their life? They need you. They need you. Our young adults, I love college students. I love, I love that age you're not a kid anymore, but man, your whole future, Megan and I are like, oh, let's, let's talk. We've, we're dreaming about some things with, with college students, with young adults, to help impart and invest in their lives for the future. We're going to talk about marriage. There's things that we want to do, investing in marriage, men's ministries, women's ministries. We have to focus on team building as a church, building more teams. Team is this. No one does anything alone. That we're not a do-it-alone church. That there's no place for that in the kingdom of God. And so we find places to build teams. Community happens in teams. Burnout is avoided in teams. Equipping happens in teams. And so we have to be better at building teams. You'll hear a lot more about that. And then our functional framework. The back-end stuff. Administration, finances, all of these things. They're important conversations. In fact, one of the things I want to let you know about this morning, we have a quick video we're going to show. We, we just, uh, as of this week, now have the ability to, to do online giving with our church. I want to show you this real quick. Check this out.
we've we've partnered working with an organization called PushPay. Um, you can you can get an if you have an Android or uh, uh, iOS device, you can download the app called PushPay. Just search for it in the store. You can go to our church website. Uh, there's a place on there. You click on the link. It'll take you to the to the site. You can set up. Uh, you can do a one-time gift. You can give to your tithe, or you can give to missions. You can do recurring giving. Right? Anyone ever like? Oh, I forgot the checkbook. You can set up recurring giving. That was a, the greatest gift to me. <laughs> I was like, Hallelujah, because I can say, Lord, I'm just. Now, some people love to write a check, and if that's you, praise the Lord. We will still take an offering on Sunday mornings. Right? You saw the text feature. Text NCC Glendora to seven seven nine seven seven. It'll send you back a link. You click on that link, it takes you to the giving page. Uh, PushPay's big deal is that you can give in 15 seconds. And so what we want to do as a church is say, listen, we want to we help provide ways for people to walk in, in being faithful and giving their tithes. And we live in a generation and in a culture where this is one way that happens. Not, ev- not everyone's on board. I get that. Not everyone likes to give online. Um, I, I do. And, and even on my phone. Here's the cool thing, though. Let's say there's, there's a nat- natural disaster somewhere here in the States or somewhere else. And Foursquare Mission says, hey, we're going to raise money for this. On a Sunday morning, we could come in and I could say, hey, church, we're going to give to this. You could pull out your, your smartphone, p- pick that category. We can add it in there. And you can give directly to it instantly. And so we can just get better about getting the resource to where it needs to be. And then finally, so functional framework. There's just things that, council meeting stuff that we're just talking through. How can we do this better? Where are we spending money? Where where maybe we need to reallocate or revisit? And it's just lots of numbers, but it's important because we're called to steward the resources that God has given us. Getting better about communication. How do we communicate? How do we connect? How do we follow up? We have to have the things in place to do that better. And then finally is this, preparing to engage our community. So we're preparing ourselves, preparing our church, and then preparing to engage our community. Again, Matthew 28, Jesus said, go, go. And for so many in church, there's no going. There's a lot of coming and sitting and God says, no, I've called you to go. And I'll give you what you need to be effective. I've, the biggest thing is his authority, that you carry the authority of Jesus Christ. And that you can go in that authority and make an impact in the world for his kingdom. One of the things that I love about our church is the fact that we don't have to go far. We're actually kind of there already. We're in Sellers Elementary School. Some churches fight to get onto school campuses. We're here. And I love that we've had a great relationship with the school. 17 years, you, it sounds like it's a good relationship, right? We've had a good relationship with the school. We've found ways to bless the teachers and the classrooms that we use. There's been relationship with the, the administration. But I believe in this next season that God's calling us to take it to the next level. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for the teachers and the staff here at this school you could even go to the, the school website and pray for them by name. How awesome is that? What if this church was praying for the teachers in this school so that their needs were being met and they're wondering, like, what is going on? Wouldn't that be awesome? Hello? 
Come on, this is good. <laughs> Praying for the students that sit in this very room saying, God, some of them are doing good and some of their lives are falling apart. Parents are getting divorced. Lives are being torn apart. There's no peace in the home. There's stress. Seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds who have stress. Holy cow. God, that we can bring the spirit of peace to bear in this place and touch their lives. I have a meeting on March 20th with Principal uh, Bishop here at the school. We got to talk on the phone this last week. But here, here's what I'm going to say to him. And I'm stepping out in faith because what I'm going to say needs you to back it up. Okay? I'm going to, of course, introduce myself. But I want to basically say to him, we're here to serve. What can we do? How can we serve you? What are the needs? And I'm not even going to put any clarifiers on it or or parameters on that. I'm just going to say, you tell us how you need us to serve you, and we will rally. That our church is ready to serve you in this school. Well, you know, isn't that? No, it's not awkward and it's not weird. It's the kingdom of God. And that we can have a kingdom impact in this place that would rock this community. So I'm gonna ask you, are you on board? Are you on board? A show of hands, I wanna see hands. If you're on board, I can go confidently to him and say, okay, let's do this. Let's take an already good relationship and let's take it that next step. I don't know what he's gonna say. God knows what the need is, right? But we're here, let's make the most of this opportunity. One of the things that we'll do this summer is a VBS been talking with our team we want to do a vbs this summer and we're doing it here and we're going to do it in the evening not during the morning because what happens a lot with vbs is all of the christian kids do the rounds so that mom can take a break and that's fine that's fine that's good more of the word is good but vbs is about reaching the lost so what if we did it in the evenings so more of you are available, but you're like, oh, I don't work with kids. You know what? We'll be greeting parents, setting up, tearing down, doing music, having fun, playing games. Come on, water balloons in the middle of the summer. Awesome. <laughs> and we'll communicate to the community. We'll get out and have kids. I have a picture in my mind of kids walking the community with their families with balloons and what, whatever, handing out invitations saying, come check it out. And doing it in the evening, telling parents, hey, if you need to go on a date, come drop your kids off. You could have like four date nights in a row. <laughs> right? Some of you are like, right, no, you have to be here. All right? <laughs> this is, that's for them, not for you. And then we get to serve our community. Why? Because Jesus loves Glendora, the homes up and down Lorraine, in these neighborhoods. Jesus loves them loves these kids let's engage them let's welcome them and then finally is this missions we're not going on any missions trips right now Megan told me we couldn't because I, I love I, I was the missions pastor at our last church and I love going on missions trips but there's a season right now that we're not ready to go in that way but we can we can give and we can pray four square missions we'll start having materials available partnering to pray with Foursquare Missions, praying for our missionaries around the world, praying for the needs that are there, giving to where there's need, and saying, Lord, we're not there yet, 
but we want to seed, we want to be a part of the solution by giving. Amen? I'm excited. I'm excited for what God has. Like I said, this isn't comprehensive. This is a snapshot of the next seven months. This is what's coming in this next season. And then 2016 beyond, well, we get to come back to the Lord and say, okay, God, what's next? What's next? And then he will hear, he will speak, he will open opportunities. Church, we're moving forward. It's gonna be amazing. Can we stand together? A little praise report this morning. I don't know if you noticed, but the mic didn't cut out at all today, did it? I think we figured it out, Kurt. I think we figured it out. Hallelujah. Lord God, you care about every part of who we are and what we do. Even the microphone, Lord, you care about that. You celebrate. We are a people on mission. You've not called us to settle. You've called us to take ground to move forward intentionally, to storm the gates, Lord, to rescue those who are lost. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be that kind of church. Lord, I pray that we would grow in our personal relationships with you. Every, every one of those parts, our hearts, our minds, and our hands. Lord, that our church would be ready to receive and ready to train and ready to equip and ready to care for kids and marriages, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would be ready to go and engage the harvest because the time is short. Help us to be found faithful when you return in Jesus' name, amen. Can I tell, can I tell you one more thing real quick? I, I forgot, one, well, real quick. First Sunday of the month, communion Sunday. Um, one of the things that Megan and I have a passion for is families worshiping together. And what breaks my heart that so many families, the only time they're together on Sunday for church is in the car on the way there and in the car on the way home. So first Sunday of the month, kindergarten through sixth grade, we're gonna be welcomed into worship, worshiping with families. They're not, we're not gonna have a kid's section. The, the kids will worship with their families. And then we will receive communion together as a family. And we will pray a blessing on our kids. And then we'll send them to go and learn um, but that's coming. That's, uh, we'll start that not in April because that first Sunday is e- Easter, but uh, in May we'll get, we'll get into that rhythm, first Sunday of the month. It's going to be fun. We love kids. God loves kids. I love you. Give someone a hug. Invite them to lunch. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing week. We we'll look forward to seeing you next week.